we know it. On that note, let's get it in while we can get it in. Boom. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody, we are back. Another exciting adventure and episode of TCAT, the actual conjecture and dissertation, a fancy name for an unfancy show. It is I, uh, the severely disappointed Don the Legend Chambers, coming to you from sunny and warm SoCal, and coming all the way out to you from the swamps in New Orleans, <laughs> Ms. Sheree Stewart. How you doing, Ms. Stewart? I'm doing all right, Mr. Chambers. I'm awesome. All right. all right, we're going to get right into it, and um, you know what? I'm not going to go first because my dis- my disappointment runs very deep. I'm- I am not disappointed because I was never appointed. Oh, okay. So I will <laughs> let you start this one. Everybody, you all know what we're going to talk about. Come on now. We all know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, or as I like to say, Batman v Superman. Can somebody please fucking smile at some point in this movie? But I will okay. let Miss Stewart go first. Um. Okay. So obviously, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers um, everywhere. Not right I'm not. I'm not going to say anything that anybody doesn't already know. Um. I've heard people saying it's like the greatest superhero movie they've ever seen. Lies. That it is not. <laughs> I have also heard and seen people saying in reviews that it is the worst superhero movie they have ever seen. Close. I also feel like that it is not. It is neither of those. It's things. close. It is better than Thor Ragnarok. It's sort of middle of the road. It's you know, it hits all the notes, it hits all the paces. It's got all the action, it's whatever. It's a movie that if it came on TNT on a Saturday afternoon, I would totally take a nap to it. Like but <laughs> What it is, it is a big fucking bummer. It is, I, it is like not any fun at all. It is no fun. It is like the homework of superhero movies. It is like the term paper that you have to write and you only have like a weekend and it's fucked up because it's, you know, spring and you want to go to the beach like everybody else and you got to stay in. And it's interesting material, but it's a term paper, you know? Mm-hmm. it's interesting material it's a class that you love but everybody's outside in the quad laying out and you're writing this term paper on this interesting material that you do love but it's still a term paper like that's what that movie was it was a big bummer you know and i get it it's like a 9-11 allegory or whatever and you know the the, the feeling of of um internal policing and 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 you know authority without checks and balances and all that jazz it's whatever it was just not any fun and that's a shame because superhero movies if anything they need to be fun um and i felt like ben affleck was probably he was a pleasant surprise for me like he was probably one of the better things about it Mm -hmm. um i do feel like I don't need to see Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed over and over again. Like, I'm kind of over that. Like, we've seen that a million times at this point. We didn't need that long. The whole opening credit sequence was the whole thing again. Like, the whole shebang-a-bang of Bruce Wayne. Um, Where, if it hadn't have been Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Thomas Wayne, I would have been really upset. But since he's, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and I can totally get behind him doing anything anytime... 
I was okay with it. <laughs> and so, That's, but sounds you know, like you're <laughs> any day, all day, Don. <laughs> oh, I see. Jesus. <laughs> um, but it's just I didn't need that. And then it had some weird Bruce Wayne in these in this movie is the most vivid linear dreamer I have ever seen in my entire life. Okay, wait a second. Yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on. We're going to get to that one. Hold that second. (laughs) I'm going to let you explain that. We'll get back to it. Yeah, we're going to get back to it. What the heck? All I'm going to say is to go go along (laughs) with with what Sheree said. For me, the movie sucked. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. For me, it sucked. It was no fun at all. It wasn't even incredibly visually stimulating like I thought it might be, mainly because none of the action really excited. Sorry, the one thing that made it was all gray as fuck. Like it was, it was sepia tone AF. Like it took place in the past or some shit. Well, it, 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 it was. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're gonna get to that too. The only thing that sort of made my pulse jump a bit was, um, and it's a scene we've all seen, was Batman in the warehouse where he takes down all those guys rather viciously. I was like, awesome, sweet. This is Batman kicking some ass. And speaking of Batman, I like Ben Affleck. I think he's fine. I don't have a problem with him at all. I think he's a cool, older, angrier, hardcore, um, no smiling people, Batman. Seriously, no smiling Batman. And I'm fine with that. But here's my problem with the whole movie, and it is Zack Snyder. Basically, Zack Snyder made this movie. He gave a big middle finger to superhero fans and especially hardcore comic book fans. I'm sorry. He is middle finger Jew. Hardcore. Now, I didn't say that about Man of Steel. And mainly, I was cool with Man of Steel. And I maybe I was sort of blinded by Man of Steel because Superman actually did something. And I was just so happy Superman did something. Because we've had Superman movies where he hasn't done a damn thing since Superman 2. And that was back in the 80s. So I was just so happy that Superman beat somebody up and did some superhero-y shit that I was like, Man of Steel, I I will overlook its flaws. And I was just so happy. And I thought Henry Cavill was a fine Superman. So I'm like, okay, this is showing promise. But no... Zack Snyder basically pulled a Michael Bay, because Michael Bay always thinks he's smarter than everybody else and he knows how to write a script. Well, Michael Bay always wants to put humor in stuff that doesn't need humor, and he thinks he's funny, but he's not. He's a moron. And so Zack Snyder has gone down that path of thinking, I am smarter than the product. I know best how to use this, these, these iconic characters and how best to show them. And so I am going to take all the humor, any sort of smiles. I'm going to take out sunlight even of this movie and just make it all dark and rainy and gray. And I'm going to take what could be great ideas for different separate movies and I'm going to smash them all into this one and I'm going to throw in Doomsday and I'm going to make sure to throw in Superman dying and then I'm also going to throw in uh, how we see... Uh, uh, the rest of the Justice League, but in a very awkward, throwaway sort of uh, a way. And I'm basically wasting... He's syndrome from the Incredibles. Like, he just has a dossier in his yeah. computer. Like, I, what and, are you doing? And, and I'm not even getting... Just the fact that Lex Luthor had it. No. Batman would have had that. 
You want to know why? Because Batman would have done his research. But we're going to get back to Batman anyway. And then uh, the use of Wonder Woman, while she was cool, it was like, uh, if she wasn't there, it really wouldn't have mattered anyway. So... In general, this movie was a big middle finger F you. The only reason it did money is the curiosity factor. Look, people just had to see how this is going to come out with Superman and Batman on the same screen. And it came out sucking ass. Because as you will see, if you read, its second week and its third week numbers are going to drop off like a stone. Because after the first week where everybody saw it, there's no repeat customers. And did you see? Did you see the the drop off? I think it was like eighty one percent or something. Yeah, it was it's in. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous because after they saw it, they were like, "God, this movie sucks. It sucks." Well, here's how I feel about Zack Snyder. I feel like he is a Batman fan. He really, really wanted to always want. He's to not a Batman, Batman fan. I feel not. like he's a Batman fan. I don't think he's a Superman fan. He, so he tried to turn Superman into Batman. He's neither because so he doesn't then, understand either. But I feel like he wanted to direct a Batman. Oh, movie. that's true. He, you know, maybe he thinks Batman's cool. He or absolutely so would he rather tried do to that. Turn Superman into Batman, and now that we have them in the same movie, it's like Batman versus Batman, Batman. light. Yeah, and so it, and and you know, Ben Affleck, God bless him. You know, he had very little to they both had very little to do but he was able to get across you know feeling and character and nuance with what he was given and henry cavill just wasn't well i mean a number one they they, they gave they gave cavill nothing i mean superman's Superman's almost an afterthought in this movie i mean you know and and then and then batman ben affleck they they made him into a paranoid idiot and i'm like that's not Batman. Batman is the world's greatest detective. Batman, A, number one, would have known about Superman from his very beginning. A, number two, Batman's the one who would have had the dossier on all the other sightings of these other heroes. Yeah, I mean, it's... Meta humans or whatever. Exactly. It's Batman. He's the one that has those fail-safe uh, ideas of just in case if one of them goes a little crazy. He's the one that has them, how to rein them back in or take them down. And then like Lex Luthor didn't need to be in this movie at all. Seriously. It could have just been Batman doing all of it. And then, and also Batman would, he's, again, he's not a murderous paranoid who just all of a sudden wants to kill him. It, it, it made no sense. I mean, B- Batman is shooting well, he guns. Superman to a killer, too. It, it, yeah, well, but again, well, well. I was willing to... And that to... fundamentally goes against everything that Superman's about. Now, don't get and me wrong. the fact that Pa Kent's like, don't save me, don't be a hero. What the actual fuck? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire well, life. Well, wait a second. Wait, wait. We're, we're, I understand. The only thing I can say is Superman has killed in the comics. That's... Well, but, we but, are, if but, we're going back to, like, Golden Age Dick Superman... I understand, I but, so. but... He was killing Nazis. I can't... <laughs> I, I, I can't uh, – I'm not going to go back and rehash Man of Steel because that's his own it, thing. Yeah. But, but for Kyle. this one, the treatment of Batman as this gun-toting crazy person, paranoid – he was going to stab Superman in the face with a shard of kryptonite. I'm like, are you kidding me? Was he me? carrying a gun? 
I feel like that was just in that extended dream sequence. But the fact he gave yeah. him one, I was like, what? I mean, I figured it, and it was a laser gun. I felt like at that point, you know, he just assumed that that was the logical progression of where he was going to go after branding people. Like, well, I, yeah, but he would eventually it, grow into using guns. Again, I was like, okay, okay. now, all right, I, I could go. Uh, Lex Luthor, I, I, I can't even. Lex Luthor, like you said, horribly miscast. That was the horribly. Part Lex Luthor is a. He could be portrayed as incredibly evil. He could be portrayed as maybe misguided in his attempts to protect humanity. However, you sort of want to shade him, but Lex Luthor is uh, a genius. He's calculating. Crazy. He's not some stuttering millennial who seems like he he needs some Adderall to ca- calm down his ADHD. He was, the, he was like the Riddler. If the Riddler was, you know, 12 years old. I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous. I'm like... I thought when he cast uh, Jesse Eisenberg, I was thinking, okay, maybe they're going to go with, like, this borderline Asbergery, you know, tech media genius, social outcast, but serious like he was in The Social Network. Like, not crazy, like, methodical, calculating. He was just going to be younger and maybe, you know, Lex Luthor, the elder... Lex Luthor is the Lex Luthor that we all know, you know, hmm. like Lex Luthor senior would have been right. the Lex Luthor that we know. And maybe he's dead. And maybe his son is taking him, but I didn't think they were going to go into like, like the, he was doing a character that doesn't fit his personality as a person, as an actor. And I don't think Jesse Eisenberg is a strong enough actor to try to pull off a character that's completely outside of his wheelhouse like that. And so it was just awkward and weird and the choices seemed awkward and weird and his motivations seemed awkward and weird. And it was like, we don't know why he's doing any of the things he's doing. We don't know what his end game is really. Like he didn't have an end game at all. And, and, and the very fact that he could, it, how Batman is the world's greatest detective and he couldn't put any of this together. He was blinded by his paranoia and rage. I, I, I'm sorry. I keep coming back to this. I'm like, wow, what what, what a mistreatment of the character. Yes. It's such a terrible. Batman has a lot more going for him. Then. Oh, my God. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, in, in any, in, in, and I'm not even a hardcore comic book person, but I've read enough that when it comes to within the Justice League, Batman is the one that's like thinking two, three steps ahead. He's the calmer thinking person, he doesn't allow or let himself get wrapped up within the emotion. I mean, he's willing to make the hardcore decisions, but I mean, he came off here so almost twisted. It, you know, again, I've said it once and I'll say it again. DC slash Warner, who's sort of behind this DC now, does mm-hmm. not have a clue what they're doing. They jammed in a good three movies worth of ideas here. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they they jammed in the, the the battle between Superman versus Batman, which could have been something further down the line on its own. They they, they jammed in Wonder Woman, who obviously is going to have her own movie, but a sort of three person team up could have been cool as a separate movie. They jammed in Doomsday. 
and the death mm-hmm. of Superman, which would have been great standalone emotional Superman movie, maybe to bring back some of that, you know, feeling that was missing from Man of Steel. That's wasted. I'm like, you, you've, you've, so, so now in the next Superman movie, it has to be about the what rebirth. I mean, you, you've sort of, you've taken out a huge emotional lightning rod within the Superman story, which could have been great to maybe inspire a more happier tone, so to speak. And you've just thrown it away in this movie. And now we start afresh where somehow we have to think that the rebirth of Superman, everybody's going to be yay for it when you've just given two movies where they can't stand his guts. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All of this just to get mashed into a movie so they can hurry up and get to this Justice League. And they're going to get to this Justice League movie. And I have no idea. No, sorry. I do have an idea why they want to go. They all of a sudden want to introduce Darkseid kind of out of Mm -hmm. the blue like that with no real setup or sorry. Maybe the setup is these weird dreams Batman had, which sort of felt like out of the blue, what what, does Batman just daydream? Yeah, like he's suddenly psychic now. (laughs) It was weird. Like he was having these weird dreams that were really extended, vivid future dreams like like he's suddenly psychic now I, I it was i i'm just like are you kidding me are you kidding me just can we not can dc warner can, can you guys not just sit down come up with a plan come up with an overarching universe they break don't it, have a plan exactly just like throwing shit at a wall and hoping it makes it's like, the universe break so it down have an idea of how you want each of these properties to tie in into whatever the bigger the, the the bigger conflict is going to be and then the resolution i mean have an i i mean the very fact i i i'm i'm so lost at such a waste of what could have been but and, you know, people are going to make this big thing. Well, you know, you didn't like it because you love Marvel and or this and that. It's like, listen, I love Marvel because Marvel has shown they have a plan, they have an idea, and they're going to stick with it. And you can follow it. You, you know where every piece is going to fit into the universe and then how they all come together. I mean, it, it's, it is a sound idea that has worked in these, these past two stages. And you're going to see it work again with this Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. You're going to see how we move into our last stage with this, and then no doubt the Black Panther, and then the Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. I mean, you're going to see all this come up to the uh, it's the Infinity Wars, correct? Yeah. I mean, you're going to see how the Civil War plays out, and then how these other separate movies will then all of a sudden bring into the Inf- the Infinity War two movies. I mean, th- that's probably going to be insane. But you see the path. You see where it goes. They're not wasting ideas on these movies. They, they have a plan. Well, and, the real tragedy ugh. of it is the Justice League is the A team. The Avengers has always been the B team. And the fact that they took these characters, 
like Guardians of the Galaxy. They took this property that nobody really gave a crap about. Hardly anybody except for the most hardcore of comic book fans even knew who they were. Exactly. And they made them relevant. They made us care. They made a movie that was fun. They made a movie that was funny. They kept it interesting. They tied it into the rest of the universe. And it's been very successful as a formula. And Warner Brothers has taken these characters that everybody's invested in and made us hate them. And that's a shame. That is a crime. Like, that's almost criminal. That you can take a property that pretty much sells itself and and squander all of the goodwill that comes with it. I, I mean, it's... I have no interest in seeing any of the DC individual hero properties now because I have no idea where they're going to tie in. I, I don't know what universe they're in. I mean, because... So far to me, the universe that they've created is one where it's always dark and rains a whole hell of a lot and everybody is is not happy about anything. Right. What I was going to say was, you know, there was uh, I I don't know if you had heard about all the extensive, extensive and expensive reshoots that were going on with uh, Suicide Squad. Yes. because of the success of the Deadpool movie, apparently the five jokes that were in the trailer for Suicide Squad, those were the only jokes in the entire movie. So they're going back and doing these reshoots to try to inject some humor into the movie because obviously people want to see a movie that's fun. But um, now, And it took but, the success of Deadpool to make that seem obvious. It took the success of Deadpool and the criticism of this movie. But now the thing is, and again, here's DC not having an actual idea of what they've got in their hands. Okay, Suicide Squad is not a laugh fest, all right? No. Suicide Squad is not Deadpool. So I have a feeling they're... They're getting their own takeaway again. Exactly. It's just some executives who have no clue what kind of property they have on their hands, and they're jumping out like, oh, shit, Uh, Batman vs. Superman was way too too dark. Uh, we, We need some humor. Put some jokes in this movie. And I, I'm telling you... I bet when it comes up, it's going to be like, who the hell thought that that was funny? I just, I'm just getting it. You know, usually I always want my feelings to be wrong because I want the movie to be good. But I had from the trailers, as cool as I thought maybe Batman was going to be, I knew for a fact that that Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor was going to be terrible. I knew that was gonna, that was terrible. I knew that was trailers. gonna be terrible, and I was. I'm like, that's the best part of his character that you're putting in the trailer is like the most his most punchable moment. Just uh, okay, I'm not gonna talk about that movie anymore because it's just gonna piss me off some more. I'm just gonna say though, I saw the matinee, so I did not pay full price. Fuck them. I did too. No. I saw it six dollars. Yeah, you're not getting all my money. I'm not buying the Blu-ray. Fuck that. No. It's not gonna and happen. And then I went home to watch. I watched uh, Dope on Netflix as a nice palate cleanser. Yeah. What was that? Have dope? you seen that? Dope. Yeah. Is that the yeah. one with the kid in South Central? The black yeah. kid with the flat. The oh black yeah. Kid with the flat top. That was a cool it's movie. It's actually really cool. Yeah. That was an interesting movie. I um, the other thing I wanted it to mention. It was fun. It was like a fun little flick. What I have been watching and catching up on is obviously besides my House of Cards season four, which was amazing amazing is the uh, and i'm late to this the people versus oj simpson i gotta get into that I've oh heard so my many god I've heard so many things oh my god it's amazing uh mate listen there are two people 
who own this fucking series. Number one, John Travolta. God damn. <laughs> he is just eating that role of Robert Shapiro up alive. I watch just to see him because, A, number one, he looks weird. I sort of, when you when you see a real picture of Robert Shapiro and you look at him, you sort of see what they're trying to do. Right. It's still a bit of a stretch, but I get it. But, oh, uh, his acting, he he's just eating it up. This is great. Scenery oh, chewing like this is awesome, Travolta. I'm sorry. It is awesome. And then number two, Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. He is... Uh, and the thing is, he he's not trying to do an actual impersonation of OJ. Right. But his okay. OJ, oh, listen, let me tell you something. We know what happens, okay? And some of us might remember certain highlights during the trial. I mean, there were certain things where if I'm assuming this happened, I'm like, wow, I don't remember, you know, that part. But this show is so awesome that there are times when I'm like, you know what? I don't think OJ did it. And then there are times where I'm like, oh, that motherfucker killed her for sure. It is. That's how the trial was. Like, that's how it was. And and the thing is, this is how this show is again. It Honest to God, there are parts where it makes you really think, nah, OJ ain't do that shit. Right. And then you come right back where, oh, OJ killed them two people for sure. It is so amazing how it makes you flip. I'm going to tell you what. As unlikely cast as this is with Nathan Lane in there and then Courtney B. Vance and, again, Travolta and Schwimmer, honest to God, it, Theo Huxtable is in there, too. Who's he? He's A.C. Cowling. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as crazy yes. as this cast is, it is amazing. To, it's, it works. It is it works. awesome. Listen, I highly recommend everybody. I think the, the season finale is tonight. If you don't want to watch it, fine. Just do it like I'm doing and binging it on FX Networks, that app, or online there. Trust me. Do you have to have cable to get the app, or can you watch it? You don't have cable. Because I know some of them, like, they make you have a code from your cable provider to prove that you have Actually, cable. it every time I do, I have to, yeah, I have to pick who my cable provider is, and then sign in that through my cable provider to watch it that way. Yeah, because I don't have cable. I just so, have the internet. I think what you, I have no doubt you there are way you'd be able to find it streaming on some site. I'm sure it'll be in Netflix soon. Somebody, as soon as it, like the season finale is done, somebody's gonna pick this up. But you know what? I'm gonna try to find it for you, and I will email Amazon it to you. Prime. Because I'm gonna tell you what, you need to watch this. Every out there needs to watch this because it is amazing. I'm, I'm dead. I was like, oh yeah, this. Yeah, I think they're doing a second season of American Crime. It's going to be set in during Katrina. It's going to be here. That should be interesting. Yeah. That should the be 90s, very cool. The 90s, though, the 90s were some weird times. Like, I was talking to, you know, these kids at, at work. Uh, one of the girls I work with, she's, like, born in, like, 1994 or whatever. And so she doesn't know how weird the 90s were. Like, there was a lot that went down in the 90s. Like... Like Waco and, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing and OJ and the riots and Rodney King. I mean, not in that order. Right. But 
it was, but it was just like one thing after another, after another, after another. Like the nineties was a weird fucking time. There was the first World Trade Center bombing. The first World Trade Center bombing. Yeah. And you know, and Waco was crazy. Like that was like the government did that. Like they really just went in and killed these people who hadn't really done anything illegal. Um, and you know, as a kid, not really understanding what's happening, you're thinking, Oh, these are some bad, crazy people who are doing bad, crazy things. And the story that the government concocted. And then, you know, that whole thing was the reason Timothy McVeigh gave as his launching point to, you know, enact the largest case of domestic terrorism in the country and the Oklahoma city bombing. And then, you know, Rodney King happened and the riots happened and then the Northridge earthquake happened. And then OJ was like right after that. And it was like, what is happening? But everybody needs to watch people versus OJ. I am telling you. Awesome. John Travolta needs to win an Emmy. (laughs) I'm being serious. He is that serious. It's, Every scene he is in, you're just like, this man is awesome. <laughs> He's just so out there. It's great. Oh, shit. Oh, He's working man. for that paycheck. He, he looks like he's having such a blast just going crazy with it. I'm like, man, you have a good time. You, you, you earn that. Let me tell you. Oh. I think I'm all out now. I think I'm all out. You okay? Yeah. You're going to be okay now. I can't. uh... You know, at least I have like Batman comics to fall back on and see the real Batman because that movie just wasted a, a good rendition of Batman and just treated him like crap. It's. I, I. I need a drink. Just don't don't get back into it. Don't get back into it. Do we have time to talk about any business stuff today? What business stuff you have? Well, um, I was just gonna, you know, briefly touch on the the controversy that's going on around uh, those actor workshops. Oh yes, let's touch on that. Um, so, for people who don't know, or people who do know, like there are these things that that actors can do um you know if you don't have an agent or you're just getting started there are these workshops with casting directors like casting directors like there are these companies that will host these classes um in quotation marks with a casting director who's usually or an associate who's usually kind of on hiatus they'll come in they'll tell you you know if you ever get in their office what you can expect what their pet peeves are you know how the office works then they'll break you up and give you scenes and then you and your scene partner will go outside for a few minutes and then you'll you'll come in and you'll work and they'll give you critique and tell you what you need to work on and that's the end of that and it used to be you know they could keep your headshots or whatever and then it was this weird gray area where it seemed like that was paying for an audition so the state stepped in and said you know you, you're not allowed to pay for job interviews so they are not allowed to take your headshots um anymore which was like kind of a double-edged sword you know it's like probably the best part about it for the actor was the fact that they could keep you in their files but technically it felt like you were paying for a job interview so now it's like you're paying for it anyway and you don't even get that slight little benefit from it right um 
And then it got to the point of being so prevalent of these casting directors doing this so much that, you know, the studios, like whole casting departments were being shut down because they didn't need to pay for it. You know, they were basically foisted this expense onto the segment that could least afford it, the actor. And it kind of felt like, you know, some of the casting directors were double dipping where they're being paid to do a job by the production companies and then they're being paid by the actors, you know, to be seen. And so they're, they're doing one job and getting paid twice. Um, and you know, they're just, you know, the, the state is deciding whether or not they're going to start cracking down on these workshops and try to do away with them altogether. And then, uh, just recently there was a big article in the Hollywood reporter, um, a few days ago, but just as of yesterday, I think, um, Scott David, who is the casting director for criminal minds and he's been the casting director for criminal minds since it started. And he's done the ones that are like, you know, the one that everybody wants to go to because it's criminal minds and it casts a lot of people all the time. And, you know, him and his associates would do these workshops. Like I've been in front of that office like a million times in these workshops. And he would do these ones that are called intensives where you would go for two days you know, you would get like some information on the first day and he'd give you a scene to work on overnight and you'd come back the next day and you would do the scene work. And those were like anywhere from 80 to 150 bucks for these two day intensives. Um, and then he opened up his own workshop school, like the, right. the network studio, like he opened up his own. Um, and it would be, you know, he would do his and then he would bring in other casting directors to do theirs. It's basically the same exact thing. He wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. He's just sort of, the way things were going, but he just got let go um, from CBS yesterday because of this whole, like, you know, oh, in wait. response and to so, And so CBS is going to act like, oh, we had no idea? Right. They're going to act oh, like they had please. no idea, like, throw him under the bus, basically, that they didn't know that he was running these workshops to try to find talent where... please. I'm, you know, all of them know that that's what's going on and they, because they're not paying for it anymore. They had to have known. I mean, no, 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 no. You, you just asked as if they didn't. No, 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 no. There's no question. Every single, I will say, let me call it media outlet because it's not just like TV studios anymore. CBS, NBC, it could be Netflix, it could be Amazon, it could be Warner Brothers, anything that puts out any sort of media that needs an actor, they know about these workshops. There's no, I had no, nobody can play stupid because they've been going on, I know at least since I came out to LA in 05, I heard about them. Probably going on before then. There is no playing dumb, and if that's and that's obviously what places were doing to cut back on having any sort of casting department to a certain degree, you know. Sure. I, look, it's it, it's all the dollars. It's they, so crazy. Th- too. They found a way to save dollars, and then these right. casting people found a way to make money off of us. It's like I, you know, it, it's it's basically. They're saying it's not an interview, mm-hmm. but you're basically coming in, paying for them to see you, interview you, 
and just keep your money while you walk away with nothing. Right. And there's, there's saying it's like, um, Oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Give me a minute. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's, uh, it's the because... anger. The anger will make you do that because of the thousands upon thousands of actors oh, right. okay, I'm back. <laughs> who want to be seen and will pay that money only to, pro- and, 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 it's not even this. It's not even the decency of. They could at least say, "Listen, as a casting director, I need uh, short dudes with brown hair for like, I don't have that, or I need Hispanics, or I need Indians." So to at least save all these people that are giving you money that you know for a fact you don't need in your stable as of right now. Well, okay. So here's the thing. That, you know, it's just sort of a weird, muddy, gray situation where, you know, they have these really long disclaimers about how this is for educational purposes only. It's not a job interview. Don't expect employment. Don't expect anyone to call you in. Don't expect this. Don't expect that. People won't like there's disclaimers on the front of their websites. Like people don't get called in from these workshops. Don't expect that. Blah, blah, blah. But then by the same breath, you know, in the same the next sentence is, these are our success stories. These are the people who've been called in. You know, exactly. Like, if this was really an educational experience that you're just supposed to get, which I've used it as that. Like, I've gone to a workshop before and learned, you know, some pet peeves of a particular office. And then I've been called in later having nothing to do with the workshop. They didn't even remember that they saw me in a workshop. But I remembered some of the things, some of the do's and don'ts and had like a very successful audition. Like I have definitely used it for its intended purpose before. Um, But for them to then, you know, like if they really wanted to use it for that, then they should not be touting success stories and no one should ever get called in based on these workshops but i personally know people who have and you do too mm-hmm. who've been called in because of these workshops i mean even i mean scott david like a friend of ours like he told her in the workshop he would never call someone in her like her in because she was not firmly one thing or another like she was edgy but you know kind of weird but like you know like he didn't he's just like I, I wouldn't know what to do with you and then like a week later he called her in for a role in criminal minds that she was perfect for like it just happened to come up and, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, it was an opportunity to meet these casting directors where if you don't have an agent, you would never get in to a TV office like that. And, you know, she didn't have an agent at the time. I don't even think she was SAG. I think she got into SAG because of it, or she might've been SAG eligible at the time. Right. Um, and so it definitely was, was nice like that. But at the same time, it was a huge expense. Like you're spending anywhere from $35 to meet an associate to $80 to meet like a head casting director at an office. Like the the one who I can definitely say was like very educational was uh, Fern Ornstein, uh, the head of casting over at CBS, whenever she would do her workshops. Mm-hmm. Because her whole workshop was based on headshot um critique like that was her whole thing is like she would have you come and like give you like she didn't even like we didn't even really do scenes or anything I mean maybe we would do like a quick scene but it was all about your headshot and what you needed to do and what you could change and what your type was and what you would be seen for at CBS like you knew you weren't ever getting called in because of this workshop like it felt more educational than probably any of the ones that I've ever gone to gotcha um 
But then again, she's the head of a department for a major network, so obviously she's not like calling people in from workshops. But I feel like, you know, SAG also has the workshops that they do for free. Um, they're paid for with our dues or, you know, with donations to the SAG Foundation, where it'll be the exact same thing, you know, casting workshop, but you're not paying for it out of pocket like that and I feel like that's the way it should be but they're few and far between and the space is very limited and once you get in one and you do one you know you can't do one they're frequency limited because there's so many actors in so few spots so exactly you know it's it's another way to take advantage of it's another way to take to take advantage of a business model which is Mm -hmm. all about quantity okay as many people as you could get in make as many union members collect as many dues but yet you've got only one percent of them actually getting consistent work right and it's also like you know this particular job is you know everybody's desperate and they want it so much and you know they're willing to be taken advantage of in various ways because, you know, you're not serious if you, I, I mean, honestly, like you have people who are doing these non-union short films and they want you to act in it for free yeah. for, you know, a bag of McDonald's and maybe a copy of the DVD, maybe if they finish it. And they're like, you're not really serious if you don't want to do it. And I'm like, this is my job. I can't tell my landlord that I'm not going to pay my rent because I'm a serious actor, you know, like, no, this is my job. This is what I do for a living. I need to be compensated accordingly. Yes, I am serious, and that's how serious I am. Yep. It's it's a it's an unfortunate thing because of the sheer number. I, I and I think that's what works against actors in general is the sheer number that are always here and coming in, sure. and who probably. Well, even if they've been here a while, when you have that, it, it, because since there's such a, it's a small pond and there's so many fish in there that y- you demanding what some might say is not so crazy at all is, hey, I want to get compensated fairly. They will look at you and just throw you aside because there's so many fish in there who might pro- probably don't even understand what's really happening. But they're coming in every day so you can always grab that new one who doesn't know a thing and right. pay her peanuts or nothing. Nothing. I'm not doing anything for quote unquote exposure. Yeah. Like forget that. I, but it's, it's, we have the numbers working against us because there's just so many coming in every day who, who want to act, who want to be right. that famous person. Now, and granted, at the end of the day, you have to do your own content, right? You know? Now, granted, so many of them end up dropping out because they don't really have a clue as to how hard and how long it is to to just get any sort of consistency, right? But just the fact that there's always so many every day coming into this area, and it just worked against you from just demanding simple, basic things because they'll always be able to find somebody who'll do it for less. Like you say, always, always somebody who will do it for free for the exposure. Nope. 
He's like, fuck that. Yeah. Because if I'm doing... I mean, at the end of the day, you have to know your worth. Exactly. If if I'm doing anything for exposure, it would obviously be for self-created content. Absolutely. And then I'll 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 do it for myself. I'll do it for some friends, but I'm not right. I'm not doing it for A, B, and C production when I know full and how well they're paying the director. They're paying the camera guy. Oh yeah. But no, I'm not gonna do it like you say for a bag of McDonald's and a and a hearty handshake and a thank you. That's not happening. Not happening at all. So yeah, I, I saw that and I retweeted that article uh, on our uh, Twitter page there, and I was and I. Which one? The 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 one before he got fired, or the one after? No, uh, not, not the one about him. It was just that Variety article about the um, yeah the about workshops the play. exactly. Yeah. And this I, just came out yesterday in the Hollywood Reporter. Okay, I did. I haven't seen that one yet. I got to look. But you know, I saw that and I was like, listen, it's it's obvious. I mean, we already knew. When we were going to workshops, it's like we knew it was just basically in a in a big not in a sense it is it's it's kind of throwing money away. Sure. Because, I mean, they told us they were just on hiatus and they were trying to make money between yeah. stuff. So I mean, we but you know we were just like you know what what the hell you sort of take a chance now. Right. That's how we're taking advantage of as actors because we. You know, you hear all these like luck stories, and it's all about who you know and being in the right place at the right time. And you're like, maybe this is the place, maybe this is the time. And it's like, and they use that, and they always played into your psyche, and so that's how they get so many going there. Because it's it's as much as they say nothing's guaranteed, but you never know. You never know, and you don't have an agent, and maybe this is the only way you can get in front of these people, and it's only I might, $40. Exactly, because I might remember what you look like and what you did, and then if somebody comes up and they need somebody for that, and I'll think, hey, I saw you do that, and then they always play that angle, and so you're like, ah, I got, I got to take a chance, because again, I'm in that position as an actor where, you know, no agent, not work consistently, I'm sort of in the position of I don't have another option to get seen in front of those people besides this, you know, like they're not just going to let me walk into the office and do a scene for them. Right. They certainly aren't just going to take random or I don't know of any that, that just take unsolicited headshots anymore. You know what I mean? So if they're not going to accept that and the, this is my only way to maybe get them to remember my name or my face, then that's how they take advantage of you because they know you'll never get – you really won't get this opportunity any other way. Right. And it just went from being an occasional thing. There were like one or two places to being a full-blown business to to the point where studios were closing casting departments because they didn't have to pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. It sucks. It's hard out here for a pimp. Girl, you ain't lying. You know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna find that song and I'm gonna play that song. 
<laughs> I'm going to play that song on our way out. I mean, you have headshots, you have classes, you have IMDb Pro, you have your reel, you got to get your footage together, you got to get actors access and breakdown, and you pay for the sides, and you pay for the submission, and then you don't get you pay, and then you... you pay for when having to, to say go on auditions, and if you have not to work to by not, yeah. you, you, you not going to your job, you are losing out on money that way. And God forbid is, as what happens most of the time, you go on auditions and you don't get it. Hopefully you can go back to your job the next day. Right. You don't get fired over it or, you know, it's a struggle. And then to have this added expense, like I was spending, like I was going to those casting workshops like weekly, I think at one point, like, like once a week. And yeah. so that's like, that's a know, crazy amount of money. Yeah. That's like $200 a month. That's a crazy you know? amount of money. Because you never know. like. And then half the time, they're not even doing anything. They just they, And then, you know, when they're not allowed to take your headshots, how are they going to remember you six months later when they're out, when they are doing stuff? They're not. It's they're impossible. not. They just got a good little chunk of change from, you know, the 20 of you actors in there. 20, 25, sometimes 50, depending on, you know, the space. Yeah. It was just a nice little racket they had going on. They had. Still going. Yeah. Shoot. That's all right, though. It, it'll have to come down at some point. Hopefully, actors start getting smart and just be like, screw that, you know? Start doing for themselves. Start grouping together. Again, right. just start creating for yourself and, um, you know, not letting them make you pay for the supposed honor and opportunity to to dance for in front of them, you know? Right. Screw that. You, you, you want to find actors? Then get yourself a real casting department and go and get, seek out. Go to showcases. Look go out. Go to their shows. Find, exactly. Right. Go do the legwork you're getting paid a bunch of money for and and do your job. Quit taking it from broke people. You bastards. Because that's what they used to have to do is like they would go to showcases. They would go to, you know, these crappy shows and they, you know, they weren't. They were being paid to do that, but they weren't. It was their normal job. Look, if, if now, you don't want to get out the house. Just look at it on the internet. People put their right, stuff go up reels. there. Go through reels. Seriously. Go through websites, you know. Go look around. Find people. Listen to people. I don't want to tell them how to do their job. I mean, they have a difficult job. It's like they're getting thousands of submissions, and it's like how do you see anybody that stands out? And the opportunity presented itself to, like, kill two birds with one stone. It's like you can see all of these actors on a regular basis and get a paycheck. Like, I can't really say I blame them. I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing, even in the same position. It's just, as an actor, it definitely sucked. It still sucks. It still but you sucks. know what? I can't be concerned on their end. You gotta, con sure. gotta concern yourself with on your end, I don't want to be the one taken advantage of. Right. Exactly. Whew, all right. There was a there was a there was a good amount of anger released in this episode. <laughs> it was a good very cathartic, good amount of anger. I feel a little better, like a like we've gotten through the storm and now good things are coming our way. Like it's it's gonna get better. 
So it gets better. It gets better. But, you know, listen, I'm sure we've got a bunch of actors who have those same sort of workshop stories. We'd love to hear them. You know how you can get a hold of us. You can find us on our Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash TCAD podcast. There's our Twitter page, uh, TCAD podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, there's also email, TCADpodcast at, g- at gmail.com. Obviously, we're on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, iTunes, uh, HipCast, where you can always find um, past episodes. And you can always comment on episodes as well. You know, if we see any of those, we'll read the comments. Um, you can always give us a call at that number that Sheree knows. Don, you need to learn this number. <laughs> what is wrong with you with with this number, man? It's 504-345-9344. Bam. You know what? I'm I am ensuring job security for you. That's why. I oh, cannot that's, that's the only I, the only my only value is knowing this number. Well, well no, there's, there's, <laughs> there's many things, but I know for a fact that I could never Ever, ever, if even if, if Halle Berry came up and says, I want to be your co-host, I'm like, but you don't know the number. So I you just don't can't, know the number. <laughs> I can't have you, Halle. I'm sorry. I can't. Like, like you've given yourself the lock and key to always, <laughs> always having this podcast. It's incredible. So, yeah, call that number. Leave us a message. We'll, we'll, we'll re- read it on, on the air. And, and if it's a question, we'll answer it. Again, we're we're always down to 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 interact with our tens of listeners in any way, shape, or form. Uh, look, I'm I'm gonna give props to the end of this. Uh, I didn't want to revisit it, but I'm gonna give props to Ben Affleck. You are a great Batman, sir. I loved it. Zack Snyder screwed you. And he screwed this movie. But I hope whatever you do decide to do in your own Batman film. You do not bring that man anywhere near you. So I'm giving props to Ben. And hey, Ben, if you ever want to explain your side of the catastrophe of Batman vs. Superman, hey, give me a call. Call that number, okay? Leave a message, and we'll get back to you, and uh, we'll make it happen for sure. I think he'll reach out because I, I know for a fact he listens all the time. I'm sure. Yeah, he does. Sure, sure. So, uh, for our, uh, for myself and to our tens of listeners, uh, I want to thank them. Um, to uh, Miss Sheree Stewart, uh, thank you for joining as well, of course. Uh, everybody out there, we'll 